6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Hey friends, how you doing? Is it okay to turn this microphone on? <laughs> Today, I'm not sure. It's going to be, it's been a wild uh, 24 hours, hasn't it? And there's a lot of questions, a lot of confusion, but you know what? We're going to get through it together today. As you know, Alberta's best summer ever has come to a screeching halt. So mark it on the calendar, folks. On July the 1st, Alberta isn't just open for summer, but I believe will be open for good. It is now clear that we were wrong, and for that, I apologize. You heard it live right here on 6.30 Ched last night. Premier Kenny declared a state of health care emergency in the province, calling the COVID situation we are in right now a crisis of the unvaccinated. He also reluctantly brought in vaccine passports. While he says no one will be forced to be vaccinated, vaccination rates need to come up and quickly. That is why today the government has declared a state of public health emergency. Two weeks ago, we presented modeling on the direction of this wave. The high end scenario of that model projected over 300 intensive care admissions by the end of this month. But recent trends show that we are exceeding that high-end projection and that we may run out of staffed intensive care beds within the next 10 days. And calling it a life and death matter, the government brought in other restrictions as well, reintroducing social distancing measures and limits on gatherings and more restrictions will begin on Monday as well. Premier Kenny says there are three priorities to get through this crisis. How bad this this situation becomes and how long it lasts is now up to each and every one of us. To prevent an ongoing crisis, we must do three things urgently. First, we must maximize our healthcare capacity. Secondly, reduce transmission of the virus by reducing interaction with other people. And thirdly, we have to get as many people as possible vaccinated. Yeah, Kenny says the bottom line, Alberta needs to bring up vaccination rates to ease the pressure on the health care system and on health care workers, which are both stretched to the max. But we all need to understand that the decision not to get vaccinated is not just a personal choice. It has real consequences for our whole society and for the ability of our hospitals to cope. COVID is hitting Alberta harder than anywhere in Canada because we have the lowest rate of vaccination in Canada. And, and here's the deal. My friends, you know the situation is bad when the Premier announced the implementation of something that he has been adamantly, adamantly against for months. He is calling it a restrictions exemption program, but you know it as a vaccine passport program. It's not mandatory. Businesses and venues will uh, have to decide whether to implement it or not. The government has uh, reluctantly decided to adopt the restriction exemption program, a proof of vaccination program for participation in certain discretionary activities that have a higher risk of viral transmission. No one will be compelled to get vaccinated against their wishes. And a negative test option will be offered as an alternative. Dr. James Talbot is the former Chief Medical Officer of Health for the Government of Alberta and co-chair of the Strategic COVID-19 Pandemic Committee with the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association. Dr. Talbot, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I know it's been a busy uh, 20, well, <laughs> it's been a busy two years for you, but uh, I know the last uh, 24 hours, obviously, trying to uh, keep track, make sense of uh, all of the announcements. Your reaction to what the province announced yesterday? Well, I'd like to start with the positives. Uh, it's a shorter list, but uh, the Premier and the government have recognized that we're in a crisis. 
which they had refused to do up until yesterday. And I thought Dr. Yu, the CEO of Alberta Health Services, was very eloquent about how bad that situation was. Uh, make no mistake about it, if they, the second part of de declaring an emergency is giving clear instructions to people for how to exit the building. Mm. And that's where it fell down. The communications after that are just a mess. And uh, let me just contrast them for how simple it could have been said yesterday. Tomorrow, the province is requiring vaccine passports proving full immunization for entry into any non-essential service. Mm. That's one. The day after tomorrow, we're setting an example by requiring all government employees to have proof of full immunization, and we are strongly recommending that all businesses operating in Alberta do the same. And then the third is we're going back to the strict restrictions that successfully beat the third wave of COVID. So it doesn't have to be difficult to communicate. Um, and um, it was pa it, it was, it was painful. A, a chance to, you know, well, here's the the problem: if people don't know what to do, yeah. it's hard for them to do it. And as it stands right now, if they did everything right, we're two weeks away from yeah. seeing an effect on COVID, and four weeks away from taking any pressure off the ICU. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. But how how fast can we see change given uh, the restrictions that they've announced? What does this mean for the system that it's trying to save? I think any time that you're changing a communicable, you're chasing a communicable disease that can double as quickly as the Delta variant is, there's two rules. One is you have to put your restrictions in early and you have to make sure that they're strong. And if you don't do that, if you just kind of chase it half-heartedly, then it's going to keep growing. And my fear is that that's exactly what we've set up, is that between people not understanding the restrictions and the restrictions not being strong enough, that that two and four weeks that I mentioned is just going to stretch on and on. Dr. Talbot, uh, yesterday I was getting a number of questions about what it exactly means when we're saying that the healthcare system is on the verge of collapse. People saying, you know, what exactly does that mean? They're questioning the number of beds, all of that sort of thing. When we heard Dr. Yu at that news conference yesterday afternoon saying that we have never in the history had, more, had this number of people in the ICU, to me I was like, Oh my gosh, like I, I, I realized that it was bad, but I hope that that maybe hit it home a little bit more for folks who are listening. So do I. We depend on our healthcare system to be able to keep us alive after, you know, injuries or illness have, have struck us. And it's not just COVID people who depend on it. You know, the young mom with a pregnancy complication, the 45-year-old with the first heart attack, the 18-year-old in a motor vehicle collision, and that's what we're in danger of losing. And Dr. Yu is absolutely right. I've never seen a system under this kind of stress. It's not just that the ICU beds are as high as they are. It's that you have a workforce which is just exhausted. They have put their lives on the line for the people of this province. They have put their mental, emotional, physical health in danger. And they feel like this government has never had their back. And they're being asked to, at a time of exhaustion to go back and give care when they know that this was a totally preventable thing. So I have a relative 
who works in pharmacies, they're starting to have short supply of the drugs that are needed to treat COVID patients. You heard the announcement that ventilators mm -hmm. are going to be sent to Alberta. This is not just an ICU issue. ICU issue. This is an acute care failure. We're looking at uh, sending patients to other provinces. We're asking other provinces if they have staff members that can come here. One of the things that I think is really important for people to understand as well is there is talk about um, about doctors that being days away from doctors being forced to triage patients based on who has the best chance of survival. Can you expand on that? Sure. I mean, when you get to the point uh, that your ICUs are full and a patient dies, uh, and that opens up a bed. And if you have three people who need that bed, somebody has to make a choice as to who's going to get it. And the odds are that that bed and that ventilator may be enough to keep that patient alive, whereas the other two are not going to make it. So they're literally life or death decisions. And uh, when you when you're asking doctors, nurses, administrators, anesthetists to use a triage protocol, not only is it a sign that the system has failed, but they're going to be scarred for life for that because I've never had to do anything like that in my entire career. I would guess that there isn't a physician who wasn't in the military that has any idea what that's like. We only do this in times of war. We, uh, we're natural disaster. We don't do it for preventable things. Dr. Talbot, I, I really appreciated you taking your time over over the past number of months to, to join me on this show and once again today. But, you know, on a, on a personal note, how are you holding up? Well, thanks for asking. I know I, I'm privileged compared to a lot of people. I have a good, uh, good enough uh, retirement income. I have a place to, to live. I have family who are safe. And so, um, you know, I'm a little drained. It's been a, a marathon, but uh, nothing compared to what my frontline colleagues have had to go through. And I think the emotion I have the most of is just profound sadness. I'm sad for the, you know, people who aren't immunized who are going to be infected and will need hospital care and may not get it. I'm sad for the people on the front lines who have given their all and are being asked yet again to, to uh, save lives at the risk of their own health. And I'm, I'm sad, I, I think most of all, that this is so preventable. Mm -hmm. You know, the premier said in July 1st, best summer ever, you know, for uh, t about 10 Albertans a day right now, it's the last summer ever. Dr. Talbot, we'll leave it there. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Always appreciate your time. Thanks so much.